Good evening. Well, let me um, update you because I know you're interested and I told a lot of you, I'll just explain it once uh, of what happened. I mean, unbelievable hassle. But all that 45 um, Monday night, night, not day, 845 Monday night at Shands. So at four o'clock, I'm getting picked up. Terry and Donna are going to pick me up. We're going to go eat and then they're going to go over and take me over to the hospital and, you know, drive me back because I'm going to pop a Valium before I get in that MRI thing. So anyway, so they, um, they pull up in my driveway and the phone rings and it's Shans and they're saying we've got tomorrow morning, meaning Tuesday morning. Okay. You know, okay. So then I've called and had to get another ride. And my brother's friend was going to take me Tuesday morning. So Monday night, you know, we said, well, let's, let's go ahead and go get something to eat. So we went and got something to eat, came back. I'd already had it down, you know, t- uh, next morning, 930, start over, get it, get it done. I get a call at 10 to 9 that night. You can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this up. I get a call at 10 minutes till nine. Uh, Mr. Burton, I'm so sorry. We can't keep the appointment tomorrow morning because we've got you at the wrong facility. I said of every month for the last year, it's the same place I had the other two MRIs. I know where it's at. This is the right one. 1505 Southwest Archer Road, Heart and Vascular Hospital. I said, I know where I'm going. I said, this is not the wrong. Oh, our records. I said, I don't care what your records say. I said, you need to check it. Well, we can't, we can't do it. I said, so if I show up at 930, you're not going to do it. I said, well, you got me. What can I do? So I didn't say anything bad. I didn't, I did want to, I, I, as I told you Sunday, I did want to cut. I wanted to cuss really bad, but I didn't. And, um, so the next morning, and I didn't turn anybody in. I don't do that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's just life. So the next morning, though, about 10 to 8, yesterday morning. Yeah, yesterday morning. Yeah. About 10 to 8, the phone rings, and it's the supervisor of radiology scheduling. And she's just, I'm so sorry. Da, 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 da. We had a new person, you know, and they were trying to get you at the mall MRI. There's a mall at the... Uh, MRI thing at the mall wants to have that one technician there that I need for the MRI. And they, I said, whatever, doesn't matter. I said, just please don't call me between now and next thir- Cause now it's Thursday at 1030 a week. No, I'm sorry. Tuesday, Tuesday at 1030, the 22nd. So I said, just please don't call me between now and then and, and tell me it's canceled. So I'll be calling. You know, God, no, I got it. Thank you. God's got it in control, you know, and I really do believe that there, there is a reason, a great reason that he wanted a particular person there, you know, to, uh, to run the machine or whatever. So anyway, um, some of you were wondering about Johnny North. I've had several come up and ask me, uh, Johnny had his started his surgery today. I got an email. Uh, and the church got an email from Denise. And so those of you that get it, you, you already know this, that they were doing his back surgery and 20 minutes, and I don't know what this means, but 20 minutes before it was supposed to be over, the machine, the machine broke, whatever it is the, that they're using to pinpoint things. So they had to stop. So now he's got to go back in next week to finish it. So, but they, they said the same thing. God's in control and, and there's always a reason. So sovereignty of God takes care of a lot of stuff for you when you're a believer, you know, that you don't just, you don't worry. It's just, it's the way it is. Now you do get frustrated, you know, uh, no doubt about that. So anyway, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Ezekiel chapter 38, what we did last week, again, I told you, I can't go back and review every week. So we're going to just pick up and, and take off. But what we did last week was we talked about the 38, 39 Ezekiel is what we'll be looking at. 
And so that's what we're going to do now is finish it. We established the fact that there is going to be an invasion. We talked about who would be involved in that invasion. Uh, And if you didn't write them all down, they are in your notes that I gave you um, back, you know, uh, around page 15 or something. Remember, we asked you to turn there on your notes about page 15. The invasion will take place at the middle of the tribulation. Um, So that's where it's at in those notes that you have. Uh, Again, it's not a big deal. It's going to happen. Whether it's the beginning or the middle doesn't matter. The important thing is, is to find out, well, what is going on and what's going to happen and who's going to be involved. And I'm thinking about this um, a lot. And I'm thinking, why am I, Lord, why are you even doing this? You know, why, why are you even, you know, we, we know the answer. When the rapture comes, we're not going to be here. To, you know, to be a part of this. So why do we, um, if we know it, we know it. Now let's just go on to something else. Why do we even bother? Well, because I think for the same reason that God gave us the whole Bible. You know, when I read, like, like right now in my daily Bible reading, I'm in the book of Leviticus. That's boring sometimes. You know, but God asked for every, he put it in there, every word. There's a reason. And then it's so amazing because I was actually sitting, I was bored and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm thinking, why, why do I, you know, why do we, a lot of what we do is going to start being in revelation when we talk about the tribulation and the people and the events and the characters that are involved in the personalities and then the people and the events and the characters that are involved in the personalities and all that, it will be in revelation. And I'm, so I'm starting to read through the book as a whole. I like to always do that. Read the book through, then come back and break it up. But um, right away, when you turn to the very first of Revelation, it says, blessed are those who hear this prophecy. You know, and that's for all time. I mean, so there's a blessing on hearing it, you know, and so that's that's why we're doing it. And it is kind of neat to know. Um, maybe an angel will ask you in heaven, well, did you know about the seven years? Well, yeah, I knew that. We, we, you know, we talked about that. I don't know. All right. God is going to intervene and he's going to take care of it. And there's a fourfold judgment. And I, again, this, and there's a fourfold judgment. And I, again, this is things you probably want to write on the back of your pages that, that you have. But first of all, there is going to be an earthquake. In Ezekiel 38, verses 19 and 20, the Lord says, For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. Um, everything is going to be disrupted. Um, the inv- but how many of you have ever witnessed an earthquake? Really? Okay, yeah, I, I witnessed a minor one in Colorado. Really? And, of course, you get interested in it. And, you know, we're down in Colorado. And if you can picture, you know, way over here, California, then Oregon, you know, it's pretty good ways away, but we actually had ashes on our cars in the jet stream. But the the thing is, I got to interested in, in that and got to reading about it. And, and I thought, man, and got to reading about it. And, and I thought, man, here again, the Bible fish, the fish in the lakes, or if it's say in California uh, on the coast, the thing, those um, orca whales, is it orca, orcas? And they're going on their natural migration. And if for some reason they're going on their natural migration, and if for some reason they start turning around and heading back, uh, it's almost always an indication that there's going to be an earthquake. You know, and because and it, it does shake the ocean. And, and they pick up on that. And the birds, it's an amazing thing about the birds. You know, and, and, and where they go and where they light. And um, g- God knew what he's talking about. Um, and, and that even the animal world understands that. So there's going to be an earthquake. And then 
in chapter 38, verse 21, God says there's going to be infighting, infighting. So earthquake was one, infighting is another. The Lord says, and I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword, and they start fighting against themselves and kill themselves. And I'm thinking, really? You know, how, how does that work? How, what else? And I'm thinking, really? You know, how, how does that work? How, what's going on? Well, God does something. You know, it puts it in their mind, whether it's jealousy or, or, or fear or whatever it is. But they, many times, they turn against each other. One of them was uh, Assyria, um, Syria, not Assyria, Syria. And like 175,000 of them killed each other. And the, and the Israelites were, you know, in Jerusalem, holed up, weren't even involved in it. So I can see, knowing the history of the Bible, that that could happen. Um, the other one is disease. So if you're writing those down, you have an earthquake, you have infighting, and then there will be disease in verse 22. And I will plead against him with pestilence, that's what it means, and with blood. And I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. So that's the fourth one would be torrential rain, hailstone, burning sulfur is literally what that means. Where else in, in biblical history do you remember that God's rained down sulfur? Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, did the same thing. So you have those those four judgments there. The earthquake, fighting against themselves, disease. But, you know, the earthquake and the fighting is going to, of course, leave, I believe, countless bodies. Is going to, of course, leave, I believe, countless bodies dead, you know. And for the most part, then transportation and everything else is going to be cut off. Only now, in the last year or two, am I seeing the supply chain can get cut off. I mean, it, it really can. I mean, we didn't know all that. I mean, we would have thought, no, there's always a way. There's trains, there's the 18 wheelers. But we see now where they're, I, I can now vision a worldwide shutdown um, of, of things not getting delivered. So anyway, any comments or questions on that part about God's judgment on these folks? Okay, chapter 39 and verse 6. <clears throat> and I will send a fire on Magog and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Do you remember Sunday when I said, Mark in your Bibles, when you read it everywhere that you see, and they will know that I am the Lord. Boy, it's all over. And, you know, you're going to see a lot of that in this, I think, in this study. Magog, um, as I was doing more research this, this week, seems to definitely be the southern part, that whole southern part of the so, former Soviet Union. So God, just on his own, is going to supernaturally destroy that area. Well, if you're willing to Google and spend the time, you could find out that this area contains a huge majority of... And we already know that. I mean, we, we take pictures of it from, from space. But it just is, folks, it's all falling into place. And so when people... It just is, folks, it's all falling into place. It is now that we can see um, that is happening Another big thing about this um, this war is going to be the burial of the enemy bodies. So you look at Ezekiel 39 and verse 11. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea. And it shall stop the noses of the passengers. And there they shall bury Gog and all his multitude and they will call it the Valley of Haman Gog. So the task of burying the bodies of all these people that God is going to miraculously wipe out is going to, to fall on Israel. And there's going to be such a large number of them that it, 
it can only take a valley, a very, very wide, deep valley to be able to do that. And that is the valley of Haman Gog that he's talking about here. And it's going to take seven full months just to bury them. According to what we read, seven full months. uh, Where's that in there? 12 and seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them that they may cleanse the land. See, they can't, they can't just, I mean, leave bodies out. You know, that's going to cause a big problem. So they, they have to, to bury them. And following that initial burial, they're then going to send out burial crews who will go through all that land looking for bodies and putting markers where they find bodies or bones so that burial crews can come later and, 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 and give them a burial and, and get them off the top of the land. Okay. Then there's another thing. And that, that is, is this a literal burning or not? You know, I don't know that. I mean, are we talking about a literal burning? Because no, I don't know that. I mean, are we talking about a literal burning? Because weapons today are mostly metal. You know, they're not wood like they would have been when this was written. Um, so those of us who are interested in, you know, precise chronology, you know, of, of, the, of biblical prophecy, um, we have a problem there. You know, uh, don't know how to resolve it. Does anybody have any ideas? I don't. Well, God, he may melt it. I don't know. Uh, you know what it means by the burning? Yeah, yeah, I guess it could. Yeah, yeah. Those are all very practical. Um, those are all very practical um, and could be. I just wish the Bible would have this because this this is kind of important um if the seven years of burning these weapons were to go exactly parallel to the seven years of tribulation got you feel what i'm saying seven years of tribulation seven years of burning well if they're exactly the same then how do we fulfill the prophecy in the that says in the middle of the seven years the lord is telling israel get out leave and we'll read that. It's in, it's, it's there. It's in Matthew 24. You know, what God tells them to do. So, so how could that happen? Well, the problem I think is solved if, as I confessed to you last week, I'm looking at it now, like, you know, it doesn't have to be the rapture takes place and the next day tribulation begins. There could be a period of time, you know, between the two. It could be a three year, three and a half year. Um, and if that happens, then there would be the exers and the people of Israel will make sense. If it doesn't now, hopefully it'll make sense to you later. Okay. Um, hopefully it'll make sense to you later. Okay. Um, any, any comments on that? And, and, oh, by the way, as, um, I keep forget, as Ron Rhodes points out, you know, it's important for us to remember, and, and this is important to remember that the beginning of the tribulation is not the rapture. The beginning of the tribulation is when the Antichrist signs that covenant with Israel that you'll have peace. That's, that's the beginning. So there could definitely be a, a time period in between that. All right. Any other comments or questions? About as clear as mud, isn't it? All right, another thing that will happen during this time, people always ask me, are people going to be saved during this? Are people going to be saved? Yes, 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 and yes. As long as they're on the earth, there'll be some people getting saved. Hard to be saved? Absolutely. Difficult? Yeah. Probably die for it? Yes. But Ezekiel 38 and verse 23, the Lord says, I will magnify myself and sanctify myself. He shall nurse it is again shall know that I am the Lord. And if you read um, 39 and verse 7, 
So will I make my holy name, um, 39 and verse 7. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. And I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. And then in verses 21 and 22 of that same chapter, God says, I will set my glory among the heathen. And all the heathen shall see my judgment that I've executed and my hand that I've laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. And the heathen shall know that the house of the whole surviving world. And the answer to some people's questions, yes, everybody is going to get a chance to be saved. Everybody is going to get a chance to be saved. The salvation of God has appeared to all men, the Bible says, in several places. Nobody will be without an excuse. Now, you, you, we all do believe that, right? That nobody will be able to stand before God and say, this wasn't fair. You know, or I didn't get the right chance. I wasn't born in the right. Everybody will get a chance to respond to the love and the mercy of God. And if they reject him, then they pay the consequences of that rejection. Okay, so there will be a conversion of multitudes of people. All right. Um, there is going to come then, after as we end this little thing about the invasion, um, there is going to be a transfer of power. There is going to be then a one-world government and a one-world religion. A one-world government and a one-world religion. And I think I've, I've shared this with you before. Um, I don't want to sound too coming that one world religion. And it seems like that the structure is already there. In, it seems like that the structure is already there in place worldwide for that to happen. Um, there, there is a religion that is just worldwide and it incorporates even the heathen practices of the countries that they're in. I know because I lived it. I saw it firsthand. And so it's not a big um, jump for me to see how that structure can be used to promote a one world government. That's going to be tough. Um, this shift in balance of power is going to go away from Russia. In balance of power is going to go away from Russia and the Muslims. And by the way, I just you know thought about it earlier today. This would explain, which we're going to get to a little bit later, maybe not tonight, but at least next week. This would explain how Israel is going to be able to rebuild their temple, which they're, they're going to do. Um, in the early on in that tribulation period, because think about this. If the Muslim people had any power at all, do you think they would let Israel build a temple? No way. I mean, they, they, they wouldn't even think about Okay. Any comments or questions? No. No. Yep. That's the structure that's there. The Catholic religion. That's the structure. It's worldwide. Um, when I was in um, Colorado and living on the Indian reservation, they just incorporated even on this, the smoking of the Paiute stuff, what are they called it? And uh, some of the, well, when they had the, well, when they had things like the bear dance and the, you know, the different dances that they had, they, a lot of it was immoral. Um, and that was all incorporated and practiced. And yeah. And not all, not all. They all don't do that. But I'm just, I'm just saying the structure's there, not the people, not the people. 
Um, all right. Well, let's look at the beginning of the tribulation and the emergence of the Antichrist. By the way, I wanted to tell you, the word judgment, some of you asked me about it, was a misspell? No. The word judgment, according to Webster, can be spelled J-U-D-G-E or J-U-D-G-M-E-N-T, okay? So don't get on to me about misspelling because that's one thing I'm good at, okay? And I know that part of it. Um, explain, let's explain this before we jump in, because this is necessary to know when we get into the tribulation and who are the personalities that are involved. God has a Trinity. We have a Holy Trinity. We have God, the father, we have God, the son, and we have God, the Holy spirit. Well, the hell has its own Trinity. You have Satan trying to counterfeit God. You have, you will have the Antichrist, Christ, and you'll have the false prophet trying to uh, mimic the Holy Spirit. And so they, they have their own false trinity. So it's kind of, you know, you have to understand that, that he's going to be like Christ, try to encourage people to worship him and to do the things that he says. And we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So here's what happens. First of all, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So here's what happens. First of all, the Antichrist, as I told you, signs a covenant. If you'd like to turn over just one, cha- one book to the book of Daniel and go to about chapter 9. Your Bible may say it like mine. This is Daniel's prophecy of 70 weeks of years. Does your say that? Some of you? Okay. All right. As we said, scripture reveals that the one single event that starts the tribulation. Now, you remember when we first started, we talked about that. 70 weeks means what? 70 weeks means what? 70 times Seven, a week of years was seven years, a week of years. And that's literally what it says, a week of years. And so 70 weeks um, times seven would be 490. If you want to write that in your margin somewhere, that's an important number to remember. And so here's what we have. Are you ready for this? All right. In Daniel 9, God provides a timetable for the nation of Israel. Daniel 9 is a timetable for the nation of Israel. Now, God had a prophetic clock, if you will, that started ticking when the command went out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. After, you remember, Jerusalem was destroyed in 486 B.C., Okay, Biden, they spent how many years in captivity? 70 in captivity. And then 70 in captivity. And then God allowed a man, I think his name was, was it Cyrus? Um, to allow them to go back. And, and here's what it says. That God then said that from the time the command went out, to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, we need to go to uh, Daniel 9, and we need to read verse 25. You know what? No. Let's read, let's read verse 2, and then go, I won't read more than that, because I think it helps to, for me to put it together. See, Daniel is reading, right? Daniel's a prophet. He's reading, and here's what he says. In the first year, Daniel understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So that's, uh, that establishes that fact, 70 years. And Daniel was reading from the book of Jeremiah when he found that out. Now, let's skip over to verse 20. 
Because here's the prophecy. He says, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, who was Gabriel? Angel, one of the top angels, same one that went to Mary, same one that went to Joseph, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give you skill and understanding. At the beginning, the commandment came forth. And I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand who's thy weeks are determined upon thy people. Who's thy people? The Israel, the Jews. And upon thy holy city. What is that? Jerusalem. To finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy. In other words, to get it completed and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand to restore and to build Jerusalem. You may want to write there 445 BC. We know 445 BC. We know that. That is an exact date. We know that by going over and reading, you know, in Ezekiel and Ezra. From the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince. Who is that? Jesus shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. So that's 62 plus seven is 69. So there's 69 weeks. From, and, and by the way, if you, if you um, add that out and then subtract it, the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the day he rode into Jerusalem on that donkey was 483 years to the day. This, this prophecy is unbelievably amazing. He says the street will be built again, the wall, even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks, in other words, um, 62, shall the Messiah be cut off? Well, what happened? How did the Messiah get cut off? Crucified. He was crucified. But not for himself. Well, we know that. Shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. And he, the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, seven years. And in the midst of the week, in the middle, he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, shall be poured upon the desolate. So an unbelievable prophecy. The first unbelievable prophecy. The first 69 group of years of seven years is 483, right? 69 times seven, 483. Counted from the going forth of the word which Darius gave to rebuild and restore Jerusalem to the coming of the Messiah, which was Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And, and again, as I said, it's an amazing thing to me that when he went into Jerusalem to proclaim himself, and this is important, when he rode into Jerusalem on that last week, Holy Week, he was proclaiming himself to be the Messiah. He'd been telling them all along for three years, but now he's going in to fulfill Zechariah and fulfill you on a donkey, the, the, the foal of a colt or whatever, you know, the, the, the prophecy. And what happened then? Well, when Jesus, and what happened then? Well, 
when Jesus went into Jerusalem and presented himself as the Messiah, they rejected him. Not everybody. Some of the disciples, we know all, they didn't. And there were people like Joseph and Nicodemus. Not everybody, but the nation, the overall, the nation rejected him. So what happened? God said, time out. And the prophetic clock stopped. And we've been now in that time out for over 2,000 years. Does that, does that make sense? You know, didn't understand it. So all of this, the 69 sevens has taken place. The Messiah has come. He's been cut off. And God has said, okay, you rejected the Messiah. I'm stopping the clock. But he is going to start it again when the tribulation begins. When, when this peace treaty is signed by this Antichrist, click, 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 click. It's the clock is running again. Folks, it all, God is dealing with Israel. Yeah, we'll be involved. I mean, we won't, we'll be in heaven. I don't know what part we'll play, but people on the earth will be involved. But it is God way in verse, I think it's verse 26, um, that we read. The signing will begin the tribulation period. The signing about this seven year. Let me give you a couple of them. It may be helpful. This seven year tribulation is found in other Jewish literature. Now it's not written in the Bible, so we don't, we don't count it as, um, as being biblical. But, you know, whenever we, um, Whenever we, we read things in the Bible today, and if you want to go and find out whether there's any other historical evidence, you can do that. And that doesn't mean, I mean, um, well, I'll just give you the, give the example here. Um, there is a, a um, document called the Babylonian Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D, the Babylonian Talmud, that the, when the Jews were sent to Babylon, and they were there for those 70 years, um, there was uh, there were writings there, and this is what it says, and I quote. This, again, was written about 480s and 470s, uh, 60, 50 B.C. Our rabbis taught that there would be a seven-year cycle at the end of which the son of David would come. That would be the Lord Jesus. At the conclusion of the Septenet, the son of David will come. They have another um, document called the Messianic Text. The Messianic Text. And it says this, quote, The hour will be preceded by greatly increased suffering that will last seven years. And then unexpectedly, and then unexpectedly, the Messiah will come. So there's other things out there. You know, I think, I don't know if I ever told you before, but, you know, if you wanted to ask about, there are some people who don't believe that Jesus was a real person. You know, it was a myth that people made up about a man back then. There's too much proof. You know, I Googled, I told you one time before years ago, I simply Googled this and you can do it. Jesus Christ in secular literature. That's all you got to Google. And man, it pops up. All the different places where this man named Jesus that lived back then, what they wrote about him, what they said about him, you know, that, so there's no doubt that he was a real man, you know, a real person, personality that, that lived back then. Um, anyway, any comments or questions before we move on? Gotta be something. All right. That's, uh, again, about page, that outline, again, is just, you keep, hold on to that, and I'll tell you when you need to refer to it. Uh, page 15, remember I told you last week, 15 is the invasion of Israel, because my professor put it in the middle of the tribulation. So that's where it's at there, but don't, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll, we'll cover that as we get to it. The main thing is what we're covering now, and to write these things down on the back of your notes if, if you, if you would like to. Um, the, the Antichrist and his signing of the covenant, 
it not only starts the tribulation period, but just to let you, that is called, you're going to read it in your Bible, the day of the Lord. Okay. The day of the Lord that that's uh, uh, all the prophets, Hosea and all day of the Lord that that's uh, uh, all totally different than if you read the day of Christ, that's not the same thing. The day of Christ is what we're living in right now. Mercy, grace, the day of the Lord's judgment and, and, and going to be harsh on people. Um, and one of the ways, um, that we can know that this term, the day of the Lord, and and again, for you to understand this, the day of the Lord refers to all nations here, not just one. Some of your Bibles, probably like mine, when I'm reading, um, over in the prophets, when I'm reading about God's judgment, it'll say something like God's judgment on Babylon, God's judgment on Assyria, God's judgment on Nineveh. It, it, it listed is it, specific. Well, we don't have that here. Um, this is a judgment on all of the nations. Let me give you a couple of scriptures here. Joel uh, chapter three. You can just write these down. And um, Joel chapter three, Zechariah fourteen. Joel 3, Zechariah 14, talks about this this day of of the Lord. Um, What I'd like for us to do is read, beginning in Revelation chapter 16, if you would. And again, to repeat from weeks ago... Revelation chapter 6 through 19 deals with that tribulation period, that seven years. If you wanted to write that down, if you didn't, 6 through 19. All right. In 16 and beginning in verse 12, which is um, 12, which is, um, well, let's read it. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. By the way, there's hell's trinity for you. We talked about it right there. Satan, Antichrist, and the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garment, lest he walks naked and they see his his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, what? Armageddon really is the sixth bold judgment that is poured out during this tribulation period. Um, and also if you tribulation period, um, and also if you first Thessalonians, I like to use the new Testament when we can, because it, it sometimes explains it actually a little bit better, but this is going to tell us that this, Day of the Lord is yet future. Um, and, and Paul is warning that this day is going to come upon people suddenly and inescapable destruction uh, on people that are not saved. Now, please remember as we read this, please remember we won't be there. <laughs> okay, we won't be there. So don't let it bother you. And my Bible actually begins this chapter five by saying, this is have no need that I write unto you for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night, that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night for when they will say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. 
You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. So the day of the Lord is coming, and it is going to come on the people that are, that are on this earth and there is going to be, if you read Second uh, Thessalonians, I'm just going to give you these, and we're not going to take all the time. But if you read Second Thessalonians, called the Antichrist, um, and he is going to lead the world in a rebellion against God. He is going to lead the world in a rebellion against God. He is going to be an intellectual, and I'm just going to give this to you, and then we may... I may read some of these next Wednesday, but he is going to be an intellectual genius, the Antichrist. In fact, I, we will read these next week um, that, that it tells us how we know that. He will be a, a, an expert in commerce. He'll be an expert in war, uh, a, a political speech giver. You Man, you wait. If we get to hear it up there, um, unbelievable. But But this man... Is in wonders. That's what's going to be so hard down here. He's going to actually do miracles, and it's going, you know, and people are going to be do miracles, and it's going, you know, and people are going to be fooled by that. Remember, uh, in Revelation, he's called the beast, and in his desire to to um, dominate the world, he's going to double cross, of course, the Jews. We we know that already. But anybody that's a believer on this earth, he's going to, um, through the false prophet, is going to try to get people to worship him. And what I'd like to do next week is also read and just mention it now. And we can maybe talk about it if you want to. But there is going to be, a during this tribulation, probably near the very beginning, um, the mark of the beast. You know, we don't know what that is. You know, now I think we have a pretty good idea of how easily a chip could do that. I mean, be chipped. Um, and so that is going to happen. Why? So that you cannot buy or sell unless you have that. You cannot buy or sell unless you have that mark. It's going to be hard for you. We're going to say, no, I don't want that. And they're going to die because of it whether they kill them for a rebellion or let them die from starvation. They're, they're going to not, they're not going to make it um, because of that. So anybody have any other thoughts about that before we move on? Uh, say it a little louder. Well, his power does it, but his authority to do things does. God allows it the same way he allows us to sin today. Very powerful created being. God created him, you know, and um, in fact, he was the most, you know, and um, in fact, he was the most beautiful of all of God's creation. I, I, sorry, I heard three, but I didn't hear anything else. Well, the only ones named in the Bible is Michael and Gabriel. Yeah, that's the only two that are named in the Bible. Um, and he was, he was higher in rank than they were. So he does have power, and you're right, God does allow it. I mean, we have to admit that God allows it because he allows it today. So, okay, anybody else? I was looking for a couple other things I wanted to mention. 
Do what now? Yeah, it's going to dry up miraculously. God will continue to do that to allow the army to march in and and head towards Israel, you know, and try to uh, defeat them that way. And, you know, God did that. Uh, well, God didn't do it, but God allowed it one time before when Babylon thought that they were so strong that they could never be defeated. The river and diverted it away. All the water left. It dried up. They walked in on dry ground under the bridges and went in and defeated the Babylonians. Walked in on dry ground under the bridges and went in and defeated the Babylonians. So that, that you know, there's precedent for that. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I want to wait and do those next week. Oh, one of the other things, and we'll close with this one. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before about how there will be a restoration of the uh, Roman Empire. You know, and there'll be 10 nations, especially that will be powerful in the Roman empire. The revived is what they call it. Roman empire. Well, you know what? Here we are again. Uh, what was it about 10 years ago? I started thinking, okay, this is how this falls together. Some that, that are fighting that and the Bible talk currency. Now there's some that, that are fighting that. And the Bible talks about that. There will be people that, um, and we'll mention that next week and go over the scripture, um, of that, but I can, when you've got a, a European union now, they could all come together. Um, and again, if they're all that upset at one, um, and again, if they're all that upset at one group, like the Jews or, you know, the rest of the world, there's no telling what they could do. So it's, it's there and, and, and we're seeing it in our, with our own eyes, you know, we're seeing the things that are taking place that the, the technology is there for a lot of this stuff. You know, for one instance, I used to think, um, well, how in the world can, we'll read this when we um, get there, but how in the world can those men that die during the tribulation that they kill the, the uh, two witnesses for the Lord, how can they just then three days later get up and live and the whole world see it? Well... We see everything going on in the world now that quick. And so, I mean, it's, it's there. You had a... Belgium. Didn't know that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Let's have a word of prayer and uh, we can go home. Father, we thank you. We love you tonight for just providing us with salvation. Lord, I thank you every day for that. Uh, Start my day off saying thank you for allowing me to live and for giving me salvation. Because we in this room should want our loved ones to know you as their savior. We should want them to know you so that they will be with us. And not go. We should want them to know you so that they will be with us and not go through what we're talking about in this class. Lord, thank you for revealing to us the things that, that we can understand and we trust you for those that we can cannot. Please be with your folks tonight as they leave and drive home. Keep them in your way. In Christ we pray. Amen. Have a good one.